Welcome back to the Sports Time Show, a new episode today, first part of a two-part episode today. Um, today I have a very special guest, Ed. Hello. Um, he's a former podcast on w, WSOU, the Pir- Seed Hall Pirates radio station, um, now a high school teacher in West Philly, and an avid listener. Yep. Ed, you grew- you're in Philly right now, but you're not a Phillies fan. No, and I think we're all better for it. Everyone at this table is better yes. for <laughs> not being... It's, it's a, as you mentioned in a previous podcast, being a... Philly fans are sort of a special breed. Like, everyone's, you know, everyone's a fan of their thing, but... There's really something. I mean, you all witnessed what happened during the Super Bowl. Yeah. They start jumping off of things and, and yeah. destroying things and climbing poles and like it's. They were so. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they were starved for so long for sports. Sort of like the the crown. They 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 no rings, no championships for such a long time that they felt that when the Eagles won out of seemingly out of nowhere, it was. It was it was a special moment to witness for me being an outsider because I'm from Connecticut. I'm from the Northeast, so uh, my sports world is sort of gravitates between Boston and New York. So yeah. that's what how I grew up. Um, but I ended up a Seahawks fan, interestingly enough. But that's a whole other podcast. Uh, but again, yeah, getting back to the Philly fan thing, yeah, the way they the way they take in their sports there is very particular to Philadelphia, and it's been a lot of fun. For two years, watching how meatbally they are, if that's yeah. a, if two, if one, if meatballing is a verb, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a, I mean, it's been an exciting few years, and yeah, Philadelphia is a is a weird sports town to be in. For sure. did, you, did you ever just walk down the street and you just see some crazy fans or something? Yeah, of course. Yeah. The, the the way they talk to each other is they're very. When you're one of us, you're one of us. In fact, you're presumed to be one of us unless otherwise either you're wearing a different hat or a different shirt or something like that. And you immediately can bro down with any anybody who's wearing your, you know, Flyers, you're a Flyers fan. Phillies, you're a Phillies fan. And, like, and you're 100%. Again, the, the, the term would be meatball. They, they, would, they take meatball. To, I mean, in Chicago, I lived in Chicago too. And that... It's like the way that Chicago fans are about the Bears. Like, for instance, the Chicago Bears on Mondays, on Sunday night's news are in what's called the one block, where the football game will actually be in the news portion of the news before the first commercial. That's how important football is to Chicago. Phillies like that with all of their sports. Like, there's no drop off between the Flyers and the Phillies or the Eagles. It's all one thing. It's 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 really. I mean, they're all all of those stadiums are all in one place. It's one giant parking lot with three stadiums. So it's like it makes sense that they they treat each one of their teams equally. So yeah, but. Will they go crazy for Nova in March? Well, that's the the Nova thing we were talking about earlier. The the Nova thing to me, as again as an outsider, is a phenomenon because Villanova itself is at least two towns, if yeah. not maybe yeah, it's about two towns away from Philadelphia itself. So I don't know, like if, if there's an equivalent of a of somebody of a kid growing up in Queens but rooting for the Nets, yeah, the old Nets, the New Jersey yeah, Nets. Yeah. That like you're, it's like my local team is far away. There's no one really, as far as I know. I can look this up, but uh, Villanova. I don't think Villanova has any local people. Certainly in their starting five. Yeah. So the there really is a 
it's because they've become so good and the program is doing so well that Philadelphia, the city, has adopted Villanova, the suburban basketball school, yeah. as one of their yeah, own. So you can yeah. root for and want to be a part of that fandom, even if you never went to that school, don't know anybody on the team, and you don't live in the town that Philadelphia uh, that, that Villanova is in. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a peculiar little uh, sports thing. I think that because uh, there's also St. Joe's, there's also Temple, yeah. who in and of themselves have had success. Success certainly in the '80s and in the '90s for St. Joe's um, have had basketball success in the past. They don't right now, yeah. but um, there is a there is a precedent for the city itself to adopt to kind of gobble up. The, there's there's just so many schools that gobble up. Mm-hmm. Drexel too, you know. That mm-hmm. they'll gobble up that team just because they're around because they just they can't get enough of sports. That's true. Mm-hmm. But um, it's March, so tomorrow, selection shows tomorrow. Let's just talk about some. I like that we're talking about March Madness before the bracket comes out yeah. because the bracket and once once everyone gets all the numbers in the seating and then they can start bickering over the seating i love days like today because you can kind of speculate on everything yeah that like the bubble still hasn't burst you can be like who's in who's kind of in who's sort of in the person's de- the team is definitely in or whatever the conference championships are starting to wrap up the big ones aren't going to be done until tomorrow well S- some, some are today some are today right right so uh and, and just within the past few moments i think uh, was it Michigan? So Michigan State won their semifinal, for instance. So it's yes. like their final is tomorrow. Um, so, but a bunch of the, I mean, stuff has ended. Some smaller, uh, smaller conferences markets. have already closed out this week. Um, but I think the game the, of the sort of the, the game of last night for us, because we're in New Jersey, was Seton Hall. Yeah. So let's do a quick breakdown of that team because that's a funny sort of. Where do you put them if, because they haven't played, they won last night against Marquette, mm-hmm. they have to beat Villanova, mm-hmm. getting back to Villanova again. I want to know what you think of Miles Powell as the guy who carries the team. Can he do it? Well, there's no question he can do it. He's done it mm-hmm. against, well, it depends where they land. Because if they win their first game, they might have to go up against a one, two, three seed. Mm-hmm. And if you want a chance to win, you're, you're going to have to have help, and that's the biggest question for them, to me. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if they, because if he is, I mean, he averages. I mean, there's the the great stat where Miles Powell scored one more point than in the entire Georgetown yeah, team, yeah. like twenty in the first half or whatever. Yeah. It's like. That's clearly not going to happen against a top tier team. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you you look really good when you're beating up on guys who are worse than you or guys in your conference, but you're going to need Sandra Mushkavili. You're going to need Michael Enzi. You're going to need you know everybody else on your team to approach double digit scoring because the other teams will have two and three guys that can get double digits as opposed to your star Miles Powell. Getting thirty point twenty five to thirty points a game, carrying you all the way through. Yeah, definitely the help. Yeah. Yeah, because he's gonna he's gonna get tired. Because there's gonna be teams again, better teams recruit better, and if you recruit better, you have a deeper bench. Because those three star guys on your bench might be better than the three star star that you have on your smaller college. Yeah. Starting five. Yeah. 
so that's that's what that what that's what may happen it's like you know putting the the if it's like the putting the junior varsity guys out there who happen to be better than your varsity as good as your varsity so the you may end up running into that in the even in the first round that is a very good point you know you bounce off against a guy like you know a team like Tennessee or something like that uh, and you're not going to you know they they might run over you because their bench in the you know in the second half ends up whooping you around and you like miles can catch three fouls and yeah. certainly after fight night last yeah. night right so the people are gonna, everyone gets a clean slate now well yeah another, exactly another, no <laughs> Home, technicals no nothing new set of refs but i mean that's yeah. that's something where it's like that's a worst case scenario that i don't know if a seton hall a yeah. team like seton hall can recover from again because they're not going to have the ability to absorb fouls put uh, you know Powell on the bench for you know 10 minutes or something like that and save him for the end of the game you might be in a tight race and he's the guy that your offense runs through so you can't yeah, you they, know they, they looked out right so you have a team like on the flip side someone like Florida State someone I was doing research for last night that they out their bench outscored Virginia's bench 28 to 8. And nine bench players seeing 10-plus minutes, seven out of nine of those guys scored at least, put in at least one bucket. Like, that's the team that's going to go deep into the Sweet 16. That's a team that's going to be able to... Knock off a contender. Yeah, yeah, knock off a contender, absorb a crappy ref. Yeah. You know, if calls, if it starts to get into a slap fight like happened at Madison Square Garden, like that they're going to be able to be able to sort of... Take those body punches of fate, so to speak. Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't know. You can't anticipate something like that happening. Like when you when you can outscore a number one seeded team like Virginia, there if you can beat their bench twenty eight to eight, that means your bench is significantly better than theirs. I mean, I want that. That's the team I'm going to pick for my bracket. That's the team I'm going to push a little bit yeah. further. You know, if it's a twelve five, if it's a you know. A ten six or whatever, like I'm definitely gonna push that team. Yeah, that, that's the thing with uh, March. Those are the kind of teams you want to pick if you're if we're talking bracketology here. Mm-hmm. And that that's one of the teams you kind of want to pick and teams you want to go with moving forward. Yeah, I got another team for you. All right. Uh, we were talking a little bit about the Big Ten before. Um, we we're talking about Michigan State, uh, who are, they're gonna playing Minnesota. Minnesota. In comparison, again, to Seton Hall, again, they're sort of the team we're kind of using as a point of comparison today, uh, that they have sort of two Miles Powell's, that they have Jordan Murphy and Amir Coffey at forward and guard, respectively, as a tandem. So they don't have a bench either. You know, they're not perfect. So they don't have a deep bench like the Seminoles do. But uh, Jordan Murphy and Amir Coffey put 27 and 21 points so 48 points, doing math quickly, 48 points against Purdue, a team that is higher ranked than them in their conference mm-hmm. by two. I think they came in as a four and Purdue was a two. Yeah. So, like, that's a middle round team. That's a team that's going to outlast either. If they a, go to the tournament. I don't know if they go to the tournament. Well, I mean, if they keep winning, like, they. That's so, true. so if they, again, they've, they've, taken, they've taken down Purdue. And if they make a great showing with Michigan State tomorrow, today, tomorrow, tomorrow, that like that that's going to that's going to be, uh, I I would be I'd be really shocked if they don't get at least they're going to get a double digit placing somewhere, 
Because that's a team, again, in my mind, that's a team that's really strong. So by the time people are listening to this... Yeah, you'll already know your bracket, so... (laughs) Good point. Yeah, this is, you know, future people of the future. You know, like, we're we're, we're anticipating things that may, you know... That's the great thing about this. You could be yelling into your... At your... uh, Your... uh, your cell phone right now saying that we're dumb, you know, super dumb. I'm super dumb for even bringing up Minnesota because they might be in the NIT. Yeah. Um, Not in tournament. (laughs) Not in tournament. (laughs) Good one. Um, Another thing. So is there any other... So when you're, again, when you're picking brackets, I have like another criteria in my head for what I look for in, you know, when I'm being a bracketologist, things that I look for. Is there anything else that I look for? Bench. So that's kind of what I've been dancing around a little bit. Is like and good wins for me. It's good wins. Okay, so give me. So talk to me about sort of like a good win kind of team. Well, I mean, it's ranked into the um, quad one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. The better the record against quad one, and like like the more wins you have for quad one, and the, the less losses mm-hmm. you have for quad one. So it's your quad one record, and obviously you don't want to absorb losses from quad from quad two through four. Right. So if you lose to a crap team, you know, at the beginning of the year in the fall, you know, or like earlier in the year or later in the fall, I guess it's like November, December or something like that or January or whatever, that you are, you have now kind of hog, you know, kind of hogtied yourself to a lower seat or not even making it. Uh, if you've lo- if you end up not running the table in your conference tournament, so we've lost. I mean, uh, okay, good example. St. Mary's beat Gonzaga. Is Gonzaga's loss to St. Mary's enough to move it all kind of into the middle of because they won the regular season in a conference with lower quality? I guess they're just not as good teams. Yeah. Like they're cupcakes compared to the guys in the Big Ten or the SEC. That a team like St. Mary's, with a true center of all the teams I was researching, they are the one that had a guy with a little C next to his name, and I went yay because I love centers. I'm I'm from that era, that time period of yeah. the NBA and college basketball, the Patrick Ewing yeah. of the world. That uh, the yeah, exactly. So Jordan Hunter on the St. Mary's is that a typical is is that typical center? Not atypical. He is the typical center. Uh, and he can move, and he can shoot out like he can shoot a mid-range jumper, and he can he can clean up the glass really, really well. You know, he put uh, uh, fifteen. He got fifteen rebounds alone uh, against Gonzaga, and they sh- not only that, the whole team shut down Rui uh, Hachimura, their star, Gonzaga's star. They held him to t- uh, two out of seventeen. Yes. So that's a team with three guys: uh, Ford, Krebs, and Hunter, uh, a guard, uh, two guards, and a center. I'm going to probably push them into at least winning the first round, if not maybe, depending who they line up against, into the second round. Um, they're not going to get any further than that because they're still St. Mary's. I mean, let's be yeah. honest. But the, it all depends who they play. Again, it depends on who they play. But, you know, they could probably run into a buzzsaw of a major a major team uh, in the, even as early as the second round. But I'm, gonna, I'm definitely not going to move Gonzaga on. I don't want any part of their nonsense during ter- uh, tournament time. I, their bracket, they've blown up so many brackets in the past that I don't want any part of their nonsense. But St. Mary's is someone I'm going to like. They're someone I'm going to move forward because uh, they have a, they have a, 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 a some, the, the, looking at them just statistically alone, they stand out as a team not like other teams. Again, not like the Seton Hall team, which has to ride on the back of one guy. That's true. 
So uh, another thing other than the bench thing, because we were talking like the, the idea of, or I brought up the issue of benches and having more than one guy. Another thing is momentum. How do you feel about the idea that a momentum that, for instance, the Super Bowl winning Giants, they stunk at the, when they made their run against the undefeated Patriots eventually in the Super Bowl, they were not very good at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. beginning of the season and they just ramped up all the way and, and just just ran out the 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 momentum of the of the of the end of their regular season pushed them right through the playoffs and they ended up beating the best team one of the best football teams we've ever seen yeah momentum no definitely momentum has <coughs> momentum yeah. definitely has one a, a huge impact on um teams mm-hmm. Cause, you know you ride on it you, you, you know you, if you win a couple games in a row you're on fire Mm-hmm. You feel invincible almost. Right, and there's young. I mean, and these are guys. I mean, you know, talk, you can talk about the jaded NBA professional yeah. who's making their millions, and they have buddies on other teams, and they don't really have any state. I mean, there's always beefs and stuff that you sort of that jump out of the NBA, but for the most part, you know, Kyrie Irving and and LeBron James at the end of a game are gonna be like, you know, like only only Westbrook and KD. Right, exactly. Well, but that's that's personal, and Russ, Russell Westbrook is a maniac. The the I think in college especially, you can be a decent team, and then catch a couple good games, especially coming out of your conference tournament. That's what makes college so much different than the NBA. Yeah, and I think, so for instance, my momentum team right now is URI, I think is Rhode Island. That, like, looking at, again, going back to their stats against VCU, a team they should have lost to, that in the first half they shot 22% from three. In the second half they shot 75 that is a team that went into the locker room, put their heads together, and went, we're going to win this game. And then they ran out of the tunnel and whooped some butt. And like, and like the, the VCU on the other side of things, in the second half, scored 16% from three. From ice, like really, yeah, really just cold. fell off the map. Yeah. So, I mean, that might be sort of a, a perfect storm of you getting hot and them getting cold, yeah. but you have to win that game. Because yeah. there are teams that that can happen to. And then you still lose. Exactly. Or you or lose a heartbreaker by five points or two points or something like that. So I think Rhode Island's getting it done. And I think they're also getting it done behind the, 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 the free throw line. That's another important fact. I mean, smaller factor, I think, to a certain degree. But especially when you're in a later round like the Elite Eight, moving into the Final Four, if your big guys or your, your guys who get a lot of fouls, who end up either being the guard that runs at the hoop, doing a lot of layups, taking a lot, taking a lot of fouls, drawing a lot of fouls, uh, or your bigs down, uh, down in the box um, who might get slapped around getting offensive rebounds or whatever, that if they're crappy on the line, <laughs> when the pressure's really on, <laughs> yeah. that, that 60% becomes 50%. And you know, that 70% might sneak down to 60%. So you may end up having a significant liability late in the game when you need a guy to be steady, he's going to fall off. And you're going to lose a point, two points, three points, maybe even leave seven or eight points on the court that needs to be on the scoreboard. Yeah. Because Especially you're going to close games in March, late in the season. Yep. And we saw it again, getting using. Seton Hall's game as a point of reference, what happened at the end of the Seton Hall game? 
Uh, Marquette missed a couple free throws. Yeah, a whole bunch of free throws, and they were getting to the line a lot. A lot. Because, uh, again, the slap fight that happened the in the... Yeah, exactly. The controversial 12-minute t- mark, that whole that whole thing that, that if you can make all of your free throws every time at the line, you can take advantage of that particular unforeseen shift, un- unforeseen bit of drama in the middle of your basketball game. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's a... There's a... It's a... You can never predict everything that's going to happen, but I think again, deep benches, momentum. I think, and then on a on a lesser note, maybe foul shots. If if two teams are equally matched, I'm going to go with the guy with the higher. That's how you win a basketball game: free throws and defense. To me, and yep. momentum. Um, Absolutely. Who who do, you, who do you got win the national championship? National championship all the way. Um, well, I just pulled up on my notes, Michigan State. And I really like how Michigan State is playing right now. They have a momentum push. So Cassius Winston, 60, 19, 19 points per game, 7.6, 7.6 assists on average. That means he's activating all of his other players. That's a full team. That's a complete team. That's a team that's going to come into your gym and run you out of your gym. You know, that they have everybody at a position that, like, I, you know, I'm looking at the... Their top, they have one, two, three, four, five, six. Let's say six players that average uh, eight points or more, uh, six rebounds or more. You know, like they have guys that average 19, 15, and 15 mm-hmm. points per game. They have a ton of depth, and it means a ton of, of, of options, again, all, including the bench. So I really trust the Spartans to make a really good run this year. Again, you might be listening to this again several days later being like, this is dumb. This guy was completely wrong. But I think I'm still going to have to go with UNC if only because I was li- yeah, only because I was listening to Roy Williams. Why do you think what's your what's why do you pick UNC, especially considering the Zion thing? Well, I mean, they, they almost won yesterday. They won twice already this season. But for me, with New- NC State, I meant and just UNC. Um mm-hmm. They do. They do a lot. They do. They have. They do a lot of good. They do a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. A lot of different categories of basketball. Run whether run transition. Have a good rebounder. Have a good shooter. They they have a lot of everything, and and that really helps them. Mm-hmm. Whether it be Colby White with you know his handles, playmaking mm-hmm. ability. Awesome hair. Cameron Johnson with the you know, running up and down the court. I I mean I want I want him on every shooting. basketball team I play on. Like that is the guy who that's my quarterback. Yeah. Cam Johnson, tall, lean. And just fast. The the most telling moment I think from last night's game with Duke UNC was Zion Williamson had one of his power dunks, two hands over his head, yeah. boom, brought it down, and everyone was still celebrating. Yes, yes. And like, but wait a minute, he already took. The, and like, Cam he Johnson already, just did already, a quick layup. Yeah, he already had scored. Yeah, before ESPN could get their mind on. Exactly. Top. Like, if you beat the camera guys down the court. Like that's how fast you are. Yeah, like right. that, I, you will always outscore a team doing that because you score more points per minute than they do. So like, and if you're fast, and all those guys can run, they all have roughly the same build more or less. There's no big Eric Montrose in the middle that lumbers up and down the court. Like you have a a a, a, a team that will that they, they can shoot you out of the gym. They could definitely run you out of the gym. And Kobe White as a freshman, like there's a lot of really good things coming forward for the Tar Heels. Like, the Tar Heels, I think, are, again, despite my love for Izzo, and I'm definitely in the Izzo right now, but the the Tar Heels are my team to, to, to take it all the way and take the yeah, crown. Same. Yep. So that'll do it for the Sports Time Show, part one. Part one. Um, thank you, Ed. Of course. Very interesting, your takes. Thanks.
lots more stuff. Yeah, hopefully there are um, lukewarm takes. Yes. <laughs> Not hot takes, because those are silly, but yeah. a decently lukewarm take is what I'm going for. Yeah. But that'll do for part one. Um, me and Gabe will talk even more college basketball if you haven't had enough. I know I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll be coming up on part two of the episode coming up next. See ya.